Uh, there's already a bit yellow blood in my in my veins. Already had a crazy 18 months here, but it just keeps on uh, keeps on going. Welcome to All in Yellow, the official Norwich City podcast. Tukey! Sensational! Who else? Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the All in Yellow podcast. Great to have your company. Today we have another hugely important member of the first team from this season. It's centre-back Ben Gibson. Gibson joined the Canaries on loan last summer from Burnley and has been superb this season, forming a real partnership at the back with Grant Hanley. His impact on and off the pitch for the club has been key in helping us achieve promotion back to the Premier League. Yeah, it really has. And I have a feeling this will be an absolute cracker. So make sure you give us your full attention over the next 50 minutes. But before we get started, you can subscribe to the podcast on all channels, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Podcasts arrive every Sunday at six o'clock and we've got some huge guests lined up over the coming weeks. So here it is, the latest episode of All in Yellow with today's guest, Ben Gibson. Ben, absolutely great to have you on the podcast today. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Yourself? I'm all good, thank you. I really enjoyed those celebrations of you waving your crutches on the pitch. Congratulations on promotion. Has it quite sunk in yet? Yeah, I think it has now. Um, you know, we, 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 we sort of had an idea it was coming. We've just believed in ourselves that much and, you know, we've sort of felt unstoppable at times, particularly lately. So... We expected it, but still to get it to get it over the line officially was was such a not relief, but just a, a pat on the back. Really, you know, obviously that that's that's what we fought for all year. So to do it and to do it so early and to be honest, in such style was was brilliant. I know we didn't get the result we wanted that night, but I mean to do it so early is just a phenomenal achievement, really. Yeah, you guys have been incredible this season, Ben, and you've played a massive part in that. So we're all very grateful, but. Going back to Saturday, we'd love to have done it at Carrow Road. How did you actually find out that we got promoted? So I was still, this is the thing, there was half the team were obviously at the team hotel um, and I was still in the training ground. So I just finished a, a session with the physios doing rehab, bits and bobs. And I had my phone with me because obviously I had the flash scores on. And then you're thinking one of them's got to win today, surely. You, you, like, they weren't the, the three toughest games in the world with all due respect. So... And the minutes are ticking along, the minutes are ticking along and then different people are coming in and out of the gym. So then for the last 10 minutes, we all, all the staff that were left, we sat in the canteen and a couple of the injured players and we just sort of counted down from there. And I still expected one of them to get a last minute goal and sort of spoil the party. But when it happened, obviously it was just a, a roar of cheers. And to be honest, it was, a, it was a bit strange in the sense that I was actually a little bit hurt. In the, in the, like, I wanted to be with the team. I wanted to be with the boys and they were preparing for the game and, I didn't really know what to do. Obviously, it was great to be with the staff and and um, and what have you. But obviously, you, you play all season with the lads. That it, that's when it. Without being selfish, I was a little bit like, God, I was wish I wish I was fitting with the boys now. Do you know what I mean? But that's listen. That's part and parcel and something I had to get on with. But we then obviously went to to the game to support the boys and and we had good fun afterwards. Yeah, it must be a little bit gutting for you. Obviously, you've touched on it there, but you've played such a crucial part up until about a month ago when you get that ankle injury and then you missed the crucial run-in. How, how did that kind of all feel for you? Yeah, it was, um, it was tough because, you know, you, so football, you, you probably have more downs in your career than you do ups. And you, these moments, they don't come around often, particularly in this fashion where we've done so well. And 
you know, you ask any of them boys, we love every minute of playing together. And you probably see that the way we played this season. Um, it's been so enjoyable. Everyone loves every minute of every game. And, and I think that's that's why we reap the rewards that we have. So to have that taken away and and at a point where it sort of felt like, well, we, we've done the bulk of the hard work and we know we're going to get promoted. It's sort of a formality and, and a matter of time. It was a bit like, if I'm being honest, selfishly, it, it was sort of like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss these moments, you know. The, the, these are the moments you look back on probably when, when you're retired or you're an older fella. You remember the game that it happened, the game you promoted, hopefully the game you win the league. And, and I'm, I am going to miss out on those. But I have to take the positive. And the positive is that doing it at that time of the season means I'll be back fit for, for pre-season and, and, and hopefully ready for a, for a Premier League running. So that's the positive and that's the way you've got to look at it. The, the cup's, the cup's half, uh, half full in that sense. And look, it's been a, it's been a hell of a year. I think it's been one that we we all could have dreamt of at the start, and 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 those dreams have become reality. Yeah, and it did look like when you finally joined up with the lads in the evening, uh, you, you got stuck in, and it, it must have been an incredible feeling because it, it's been a weird season, Ben, for everyone, and just to have that release after Saturday night. Yeah, all right, the result wasn't quite what you wanted, or at all what anyone wanted, but that release must have been it. Must have been wonderful to be part of. Yeah, it was amazing. If if I'm being deadly honest and telling you the truth, I got stuck in long before the game kicked off. So <laughs> we love that. <laughs> I, I think I think I can say that now. But the um, it's funny. I was sat in with a few of the injured lads in the in in the lounge watching the game, and the game come on the camera. And I think Grant went down and was struggling. And unbeknown to me, the uh, the camera panned to me. I was already a little bit hazy by that point. To be truthfully honest. But, I think I deserved it after the season I had, although the physio would tell me otherwise because the um, the swelling would increase because of the alcohol in my ankles. So he, he was trying to tell me I was unprofessional for doing so. But listen, these these moments you've got to enjoy them. Um, we've been perfectly professional as a whole squad all season. Um, you know, as I say, everyone, especially here, the, the club do everything so right. And to be fair, the boys have been so so committed, um, and we haven't really stepped out of line at all. Everyone does everything right to the to the to the nth degree to the tiniest detail and so when you achieve something special like that you, you've certainly got to enjoy it and yeah the scenes of me um dancing around on my crutches on the pitch probably not the brightest idea but felt like i had to in the moment oh we absolutely love those scenes so you obviously <laughs> partied fairly hard who would you say partied the hardest I, I, there's probably a squad of four of us i'd probably say me jordan um, Grant and Kenny, I'd have to say. I think, I think you've seen Kenny do it in the past by all accounts. So, um, yeah, listen, we, we had a good time. We enjoyed it. Obviously, it, it's not quite the same as what you've done in the past when, with obviously the restrictions and open top bus parades and what have you. But we, we certainly made the, the most of it of, of what we could do within the boundaries. Yeah, I was hoping to see Kenny McLean declare himself like chief exec or something this year. <laughs> I, I imagine he, he gets proper stuck in on the celebration, doesn't he? <laughs> he's good fun Joe. we've got a really good set of lads and like I say that everyone enjoys themselves on the pitch but we enjoy ourselves off it there's, since I've signed at this club there's there's not one day that I haven't enjoyed obviously by getting injured but we we have a scream honestly we do every single day the banter's brilliant um, we've got a lot of young lads I suppose we're like we're like older brothers to them and we've got some some older lads that you know everyone's like it's like one big family, it really is. Everyone's close. There's not there's not one guy in there you can't have a laugh and a joke with. And to be honest, that runs right through the club from from Stuart Webber to the players to, to all the backroom staff. 
Um, it's just got a real, it's got a real family feel. And I think in a, in a time where we haven't been able to see our families, particularly me, someone who lives four and a half, four and a half hours away back in Middlesbrough, it feels like, it feels like I found a new family and I made a new family. So that, that's the biggest testament I could say to the club. It, it, it's been amazing to be part of and honestly, just loved every second of it. Well, that's so good to hear as a fan. And how kind of how important was that in drawing you to the club initially? I mean, did you have interest from other Premier League sides? Well, yeah. So we had, we had bits. There was a chance. Um, there was a chance that I could have went to Fulham um, in the Championship. There was a few other Championship clubs like Nottingham Forest. Um, and we obviously I, I'd had a, a bad basically two years at Burnley, and I felt personally I, I needed to get my my career back on track. Um, as I say, I've made no secret of it. I spoke with Stuart and the boss, and um, they were unbelievable. To be honest, I, I've said already that they knew more about me than me. And you know, the boss, particularly being a, a German manager, I wanted to know that I was I was his signing, and that you know it, it wasn't a club signing. I wanted to know I was I was a player that he wanted. And in the first meeting, he knew so much about me, the way I played. They made it very clear, him and Stuart, what they wanted from me as a Norwich City player, what they felt I could add um, and how he felt it could even improve me. And I, I just, it was brilliant, to be honest. And personally, I, I had to try and listen, every, every club, every player, every fan in the world wants to be in the Premier League. And um, in the sense that I was leaving the Premier League club to come to a championship club, yes, for my own career, I, I had to take, in that sense, in terms of status, a step backwards, if you like. But knowing that it was a step backwards to come forwards again. So I had to sort of try and plot my best way back to, to the Premier League. But in a team where I was playing, I was happy and I was excelling and felt like Norwich City was was the right fit I needed. Um, after what I had at Middlesbrough, it was, I was homegrown. It, it was like a family. Um, I didn't discover that at Burnley. I made no secret of that. And, and I needed, I needed a, a family and I needed a home. And I've certainly found that here in... Um, it, it's turned out to be the best decision I've, I've ever made. And I suppose it's it's really important coming in as a lone player. Ben, you don't strike me as anyone who's got a, a drop of ego about him, but to feel loved and to feel special, it must be so important when you're coming in as a lone player to, to feel part of it and feel that commitment to the club because you know that you're wanted. You're not just filling a, filling a hole for a season. We want you here. That must be so important. <laughs> Yeah, because you know some some clubs will take players on loan, and they they don't think about the it, it's not about the player's career as you say they they fill a gap they fill a hole you know that's that's that job they aren't worried about ex players development um they're worried about the club and and rightly so but it, it was important to get this move right and and after everything I heard about the club um Stuart Webber's message at, at the end of last season about you know, he'd sort of sent the manager to, to war without a gun, but everyone be sticking together and they had a plan to to fix it and they, they weren't ever going to change the way of playing, which was a way of playing that, that I felt suited me. Um, every message I heard was, was was sort of principles that I would try and live my life by and what they value is loyalty and, and good people and good camaraderie and that's something that I'm about personally. Um, and it literally just ticked every box and as I say Along with that, I looked at the squad, I looked at the manager, I looked at the size of the club, the fan base. Everything sort of suggested that Norwich would be right up there this season. And literally in, in every way, it, it's, it's been fantastic. And um, yeah, just, just so thankful I made the right decision because I was edgy. I, I'd had two bad years out. It was the first negative spell in my career. You know, you 
I, I second guessed every every thought I had. I probably over overthought the situation and overthought different clubs and thought about things negatively. So, and I've never ever done that in my life or my career. But I suppose a negative spell makes you do that. Um, but in the end, we we certainly got to the right decision. And um, in terms of being made to feel at home, I, I remember I'd literally been in the door about four or five days. And it's these little details that count, but. Firstly, the staff are amazing. I always talk about Vicky, the, the front of house in the in the canteen. She's there every day with a cuddle and a smile, and she makes you feel like a, another mum. Like you, you've got another mum away from home. But um, I remember like a big a big canvas. I think I'd been on the pitch once, and you know Stuart Webber. He makes sure that the walls are lined with with pictures of the players, good memories, things like that. And within this bit, within a week of me having played my first game, there was a picture of me up on the wall, and I thought. Wow, this club's this club's ha- like proud to have me here, um, and those little details go away a long way as a player. You know, some corridors you walk down, you think, you know, you, you see all the pictures of the history, which is relevant and it, and it's great, and it, the history deserves to be showed off. But you know, I, I thought, wow, these these are these are delighted to have me here. Like this is a big thing for them, this, and that made me feel so at home. And it was the tiniest little detail. But I thought if they've gone to that effort to, to welcome me and make me feel as part of it, that's um, it's going to stand us in good stead for the future. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And it's not just about what you offer on the pitch when obviously Norwich were looking at you, it's what you offer off the pitch as well. I know you've t- talked a lot about the charity work that Stuart Webber and Daniel Parker were aware of you doing. So your character was very key in you coming here as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I know, I know they're big on that. Um, they, they, they don't just research what a player does on the pitch. They, they research what, what the player's about, what the person's about, more importantly. And if that doesn't, they could be a, a top, top player, but if that doesn't fit the mould of the character and person they want in the club, then they, they won't sign them. And I think that's testament to them, really, because that's that's basically not sacrificing their principles and their beliefs for anyone. Um so luckily, I fit that mould somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, as I say, they, they, they told me what they wanted. They were very clear. Um, they wanted new faces in the door earlier. Obviously, the season prior didn't end well, so they wanted fresh faces and, and characters and voices. And hopefully that's something that I, that I managed to bring. Yeah, well, Ben, it's funny to hear you talk about uh, charity and community work because I don't actually know if you know that I work for the club's charity for the Community Sports Foundation. I, I, uh, I will be taking your phone number immediately after this and uh, well, we hope to see a lot of you uh, <laughs> next season because no I think you're going to be an inspirational figure for, for people and that they'll love to have you about. Um, yeah, I, you, you talk about that environment and feeling welcome. Like you said, there's pictures and they've got a wall up at Colney, haven't they? And as soon as you get your first appearance for the club, your name goes up on that wall. And, and even the young academy lads have had that experience, isn't it, this season? It's, it's attention to detail at, at the training centre is incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's honestly unbelievable. Um, how the club's run from, obviously, yeah, I think it's something that Stuart's brought in, but from, from owners down is is quite astonishing. They, they leave no stone unturned. And I remember Stuart saying to me the, the first time I met him, he said, look, we know we are not the biggest club in the world and we're never going to be the biggest club in the world with the most money in the world. But what we can do is is be the best in the world, everything we can control. And if it's those little details, then it's those little details. But as I say, I'm, I remember them now because they're quite vivid thoughts and memories that I have of when I first signed. And so that, that shows the impact that they have. They might not have that with everyone, but that made me feel like 
yeah, this is this is going to be a place for me. So, you know, sometimes you start a new club, it, it's like starting a new school. It's mm-hmm. first day in the playground type thing when you were a kid. You, you don't know how it's going to go. You don't know how it's going to pan out. You don't know how the changing room's going to be. And those little things go a long way to, to, to settling you and to saying, look, we're, we're so happy to have you here. And, you know, you, you want to pay every every inch of that back. I, I just wanted to, to get out there and impress my teammates and impress the boss and Stuart and say thanks, I guess. Thank, thanks for believing in me because in the last two years prior, I didn't, I didn't feel like, apart from me and my family and, you know, my close circle, I didn't feel like a lot of people did believe in me. So I owe them nothing but thanks. And as I say, I hope I've, I hope I've rewarded that with my performances on the pitch and, and how I am around the place. You absolutely have, Ben. You've completely rewarded it. It's been brilliant to see. But you talk there about a difficult couple of years you had at Burnley. Why, why was it so hard? Um, to be honest, it was tough. I just I felt like I, I just didn't get an opportunity. So I went with a heavy price tag. Um, I'd been I'd been on the bench for England four times, so I had high expectations of of myself. Um, it was it was a time where when I signed the the manager wanted to to change the way he played, um, so he told me, and you know I was the first sort of step, first cog in that in that wheel, and he wanted to sort of rebrand the team. And and when I first signed, there, I had a couple of injuries, so I needed um, I needed hernia surgery. And to be honest, I hadn't been injured for three years, so that was like really unlucky. Um, and in that time, the, the team didn't do well. Um, and when I came back, the the manager, the manager sort of stuck with the the boys and went back to what he knew, which has worked for him very well in the past and has worked for him well since. And once he did that, the the team got the results they needed to 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 survive from relegation. And and the manager didn't really veer away from that. So whilst I don't want to go into too much detail because it's it's a it's a chapter in my life that I don't look on very fondly, and I'm absolutely delighted it's over. Um, it just didn't really work. We, me and the manager as individuals didn't really click. We didn't get on very well. Um, and listen, I'm someone who commits everything. So I'm, I'm a hundred percent in everything I do. Uh, I dedicate my life to football. Um, I have done since I was a little boy. Um, and my career is everything to me. So it, it wasn't something that I'm never going to be that, that player who can, who can sort of go a little bit stale and, and, and not play and not be involved and sit there and take good money and, and be comfortable with it. I'm just not not that guy. And and when I'm I didn't get an opportunity, um and then I felt like I was doing absolutely everything I could and an opportunity would never ever materialise. It, it's a situation where you think, well how long how long can this go on for? How, how long would you do this for? So um to be honest from from after the first year <laughs> As I say, me and the manager clearly didn't get on very well. I was always looking for for a way out, and then it was just a case of when they would finally let me go out, which which in the end was was when I came here. Was there ever that scary moment then, where you thought, "Oh no, my best days as a footballer might have already be behind me here. Um, I might not get another home like Middlesbrough." Yeah. So when so when when I was having these this sort of situation, and the club wouldn't give me an opportunity, they wouldn't play me. And I didn't feel that they were being reasonable, so they, they wouldn't sell me, they wouldn't let me go on loan, they wouldn't, there was no way out. And I had a I had a four-year deal basically. And I was thinking, hang on, I'm my career's going from rock to ruin with absolutely basically nothing to do with me. So 
like I wouldn't get an opportunity. If I'd had six bad games, then I'd be the first one to hold my hands up and say, it's, it's your own fault, now you've got to wait for an opportunity. But that opportunity never arose. So um, I'm very self-critical, to be honest. And if, as I say, if that had happened, I'd understand it. But because I never got that, and then at the same time, wouldn't be allowed to leave, or whether that was permanent or loan, um, I never ever understood it. So, you know, me and the club, it, it came out of the press, but we didn't see eye to eye. And I was desperate to leave the club. And eventually they, they let that happen when, when I came here. So now it's a, it's a chapter that's closed, which I'm absolutely delighted with. And um, I'm on to something which is, as I said, I found a home, I found another family. At times I did think, you know, it was Middlesbrough one off because I came through the academy there. I was there since I was, since 10, so I was there about 14, 15 years. And then I thought, well, I just felt like that because that was my home. But luckily, I've I've come here and it's uh, it's restored my faith. Let's say. Yeah, that must have been though so frustrating. And it's credit to you that you weren't just going to go and sit there and you know take take the pay packet each month. You had that drive and determination to to do more, which you're absolutely doing now. But am I right in thinking that you ended the season training back at Middlesbrough? Yeah. So I, to be honest, in uh, in the January. Um, I'm very straight up and honest, so I can, I can tell you. But in the, in the January, Watford were trying to sign me. They were in a relegation battle with Middlesbrough at the time. Um, and the club wouldn't let me go because it was a relegation rival. So I said, I've got no problem with that. I'll go to the championship. I just want to play football. They also wouldn't let me do that. So I felt very stuck. Um, we ended up having a big disagreement, which led to the club giving me three options, which was signed for LA Galaxy, sorry, signed for an American team, uh, train the reserves till the end of the season, or train back at Middlesbrough. So I weighed those options up and I was I was very desperate to play football. Um, and I actually went out to sign for LA Galaxy on loan till the end of the season. And we got to LA uh, and then Donald Trump shut their borders because of coronavirus the next day. Everything got shut down. They were, they were shut down in front of England. So we had, we had we had one week of being in LA when it was like a ghost town and then came straight back. So um, when we came back, it was then just training with Middlesbrough because it was clear because of coronavirus, the season in America wouldn't go ahead. Yeah, I mean, as a, as a Borough lad, it must have been a bit of a comfort for three months to get home and do that. But as a Borough lad, you have had some Norwich City experiences before. I don't know if you, you remember a big game back in 2015. I can't remember. No, you can't remember. No, it was uh, it was nice because a few weeks previously there'd been a, a very angry encounter at Carrow Road where the visiting team perhaps deployed some underhanded tactics and we got a sweet revenge. But uh, yeah, big day out. How that Carrow Road actually? Oh yeah, that's why I remember that one. I made a block last minute of Russell Martin, who we had the same agent, and uh, he had a chance very last kick, and then it went over the bar. And we thought at that point, obviously, we were, we were going to go up automatically. So. I know what you're going to say you, you got one. Um, you got one over on us a couple of weeks later on the biggest stage, certainly. Yeah, how do you deal with that situation? Because it's the best way to go up, and it's the worst way to miss out, isn't it? It was awful. Um, I remember we had the party booked. So, to be honest, Middlesbrough flew all of our families down the day before to London um, on private planes. They put them in a hotel. The party was planned. Um, you underestimated us, Ben. <laughs> No, we, do you know what? We, we, we really didn't. We had actually beat Norwich twice that season, 4-0 and 1-0. And we were confident, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, but 
from the morning of the game, it was a disaster. We turned up to the game an hour late, believe it or not. The, the richest game in English football, we turned up an hour late. We got stuck in traffic. Um, and I remember we were going on the pitch to do our warm-up as the Norwich team were coming in. And to be honest, we, we started the game like that. And Norwich blew us away in 20 minutes and the game was done. And it then felt like we were running through treacle for 70 minutes. We, we had all possession, but we never got close to breaking Norwich down. And Norwich... Norwich fully deserved, um, fully deserved the win, and the feelings after were horrendous. It was just like, you know, you fought all year for this moment, and I got God knows how many fans are there. I remember both ends, Norwich fans and Middlesbrough fans were full. To be fair, the atmosphere was amazing. Um, it was just the biggest low ever, and we we flew back. Well, we had the party that night, which was horrific for the first few hours until the alcohol sunk in then it got a little bit better but the the next day we flew back on the plane and it was just like wow where do we go from here so the only reason I can speak about it comfortably now is because we got promoted the next season which laid it to rest so even though the masses here uh, Sean's burdens and Chris Budd were here at the time they don't let me forget it um, that that's the only reason I can have a laugh and a joke about it now is because I knew we'd laid it to rest the, the season after yeah, you finished second, didn't you, the season after? And what was it like getting that Premier League experience and, and how are you going to use that going into next season? It was fantastic. Um, I, I loved it. It was it was a good year for me personally. Um, I played every minute of every game. Um, I did enough to break into the England squad, as I said earlier. I was on the bench four times. Um, so, I, so I sort of propelled myself to a level that was that I'd never been at and it, it, it was amazing to be part of. It wasn't a good experience from the from the team's point of view. We we obviously got relegated, which was heartbreaking for, for me as a local lad as well. Um, and I was captain to, towards the back end of the season. So it was extremely difficult. But in terms of lessons, I, I learned so much from that season. Um, and I think you've probably seen that this season in terms of, you listen, the, the true measure will be next year. But in terms of how the team have developed from, from the experiences they had last season, you know, a mistake isn't a mistake, I don't see it, as long as you learn from it. Um, and that's what I'm sure we've done. I know we were, we were conceding a lot of goals last season. That's changed now. And for us to survive next year, that's something that needs to continue. So that's that's something that we'll be aiming to do. Um, and there's been a lot of harsh lessons for a lot of players here, me as well, when, when I got relegated with Millsbury. But you, you learn so much from it. And the key to it is bouncing back and, and taking that on board for next season. What about your own personal career trajectory? I mean, you talked about England there. Do you still have grand aspirations for something like that? Yeah, of course I do. I think, listen, the first thing is that you have to be playing in the Premier League. Um, people will people probably rip me off and, and thought I was finished before this season. So I will have answered, after the last two years, so I will have answered a few critics, I think. But people... People will sit here and listen to this and say, yeah, he's got no chance of getting back to that level. He's 28 now. I've got absolutely no problem with that. It, um, it spurs me on. It motivates me. Um, from a, being a young boy, to be honest, even when I signed for Middlesbrough Academy, I was only in the academy because my uncle owned a club. So that, that's something I've dealt with my, my whole life. Um, it's, it's, as I say, I use it as fire. So listen, deep down, I, I won't be shouting it from the rooftops. I'm answering it truthfully because you've asked me but yeah I definitely have aspirations of getting there but I'll go about my work quietly and first and foremost it'll be you know you you have to be in a position a good position with the team I have to get this I have to get this ankle right I have to have a good pre-season and I have to make sure that on day one of the season starting next year I'm, I'm in the 11 for Norwich City and 
and playing well and the team doing well. And if that comes, fantastic. But for now, you know, you, you've got to look at what's in front of you and that's that's uh, getting this ankle right and then having a hell of a start for, for Norwich City next year, hopefully. Yeah, and Ben, you sound like someone that's had quite a few experiences to kind of fuel your fire, I guess, moving forward. Are you happy that that has kind of been how your career's unfolded so far? Yeah, I mean, listen, I'd, <laughs> I'd rather the Burnley thing not happened, clearly, and I, I would have rather have stayed in the England squad and, and you know, go to a, 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 the, the biggest club and play for Man United. Every kid in this country wants that, but that that isn't that isn't life and that isn't football and... And you know, as I said, things happen for a reason. And I've, I've, I'm so, so happy at this club. I'm, I'm settled in the area. We absolutely love the the city. What we've seen of it, we haven't been able to explore it properly because of COVID. But the beaches, um, the the city centre, the landmark, like it, it really is a nice place to live. And um, it, it's it's home from home for me. I'm I'm so so happy. Um, and it's got me to this place for a reason. So. You know, I, I believe you make your own luck and um, yeah, if I keep working hard, keep dedicating myself, then things would always turn and they have turned and now it's now it's time to work even harder to make sure they stay on this trajectory I'm, I'm back on. Ben, I can't tell you how much pride it gives us to hear someone talking about our club and where we live as well from the outside. How are you planning to spend your uh, your staycation summer? Are you, do you, are you going to go and see family up north or are you going to finally be able to enjoy everything Norfolk has to offer? <laughs> Well, it depends what Boris says. It might not be a staycation as of yet. Might it? So if we, I don't know if we, I don't, one thing I do know is if I do get a chance to go away, if it, if it is allowed, obviously to a, to a, a country that's on the green list, I have to, I've been told I've got to take the physios with me wherever I go. So um, it's funny, they're all, they're all making it sound like a hardship, a free holiday at the minute. I'm thinking, what on earth is going on about? It, it must be, it could be worse getting you and your family paid for to come on holiday. So be winding them all up. But let's see what Boris says. I, I'll, I'll have to, um, first things first, is my priority is getting this ankle right. And if the club let me do it somewhere that's sunny, then that's even better. How is the recovery coming on? It's going really well, thank you. Um, it's, I've, I've had the cast off now. I'm down to one crutch instead of two. Um, everything's going sort of ahead of schedule. Um, it's, it's, I've just got to sort of be careful for the next three weeks, then I get my boots off and then I can I can get the gym work really started. So, as I say, that look, the, the worst thing about it was I'm missing these games now, but looking at the positive side of things is by doing it sort of that early away from the end of the season, I can be fit for day one of pre-season. Actually, we're going to, we look like touch wood. We're going to make that comfortably. So, we, we should be fit maybe three or four weeks before, which gives me a good chance to, to build a base fitness before we actually come back in and um, hopefully I'll come back in flying and, and impress the manager and as I say just believe it or not you, you normally get to this stage of a season and you can't wait for a break but I can't wait to get back in first day of pre-season already and get preparing for, for the league that everyone wants to be in uh, Go easy on the dancing then just for the foreseeable if that's alright Yeah um, that, that was the only slight negative I think it swelled slightly but um, you can't begrudge me uh, you can't begrudge me a few beers after finally getting promoted no, definitely not. Did uh, how did the staff and the players make you make sure you still felt involved over the last few weeks while you were working on your injury? You know, you're away, you can see out the window, the guys are out there on the grass. How do they make sure that your morale doesn't dip and, and they look after you as a person? 
they didn't have a choice to be honest <laughs> i um i probably forced myself upon them and make sure i'm part of the party plans but no that everyone's great here as i say it literally is a it's it's one big family um so i still come in and do my rehab at the same time that the lads are training i'm still involved around the lads every single day um in the meetings talking about the games things like that so and that that's that's vitally important because as I said, there's, there's things that we can all learn off each other and I am a little bit more experienced than, than a lot of the talented young boys we've got here and if I can if I can help them along the way through my experience, then that, that's something I, I'd love to do. You know, I was, as a young player, I, I had people in my dressing room like Jonathan Woodgate, who I spoke about earlier, he played for Real Madrid and I was like a sponge. I just wanted to take so much off him as a defender, a local lad that basically conquered the game. He got to the biggest club in the world. Um, tiny little details on and off the pitch I, I would try and learn from him and as I say if, if we can we've got so many talented young lads here but the boys and you, you have to remember that some of them are Max Aaron's you, you know he, he, what he's achieved in, in his, his young years is unbelievable and he'll carry on to do so but you have to remember these these are still young boys um, and you forget it but you know they need help I think sometimes in football people make professional footballers and People are expected to to know certain things. They're expected to know an etiquette on and off the pitch, like they've been given a, a PFA handbook at the age of 16 and learned it off by heart. That doesn't happen. So lads will make mistakes um, on and off the pitch. And as all the pros, you've got to try and you've got to try and guide them and help them. And if I can do that whilst I'm injured as well, then then that's really good. Is there one anyone in particular that you've kind of been paying extra close attention to? Because as you say, there is a lot of young talent and we've seen over recent seasons, even you know, the likes of Josh Martin and Adam Eja coming into the first team setup as well. Who have you particularly gelled with? Yeah, I mean, Todd's a little slightly older than them now, but as I say, me, me Todd, Max, we're, we're all really close. Um, Adam as well. So Adam, I probably get on his case a little bit more. To be honest, I get on Max's case a lot as well, but that's only because... I know how good they can be. Um, far more talented than what I've ever been. But as are a lot of players I've, I've come across in my time, but I've outworked those players. So if those boys, which they do, they have that talent and they have that work rate, they can achieve whatever they want to in their careers. And to be fair, Max is so level-headed. Um, he's, he's, he's brilliant, obviously, a brilliant player. He's a brilliant lad. And he'll just take everything in his stride and... I just want to keep pushing him. So every day, any bad passes in the boxes, I'll be I'll be taking the mick out of him. As will the older boys, Grant, Jordan, Kenny, we, Tets. You know, we got a responsibility to do that and, and make sure that we're driving them every single day. And, um, as I said, we'll hopefully build the confidence when we need to. But when we need to give them a, a rocket up the bum, then we do that also. And um, Adam probably experiences that quite a bit because he's a laid back character. Yeah, he's yeah he's so talented and. You know, if we can, if we can really drive him to make the most of his ability and, and help the manager and their staff in doing so, then you know, them boys have got the world at the feet. Hmm. I feel like this might be an appropriate moment to offer you an apology, Ben. Here, for as we're talking about some of the young talent and gelling with some of the younger players, is on a on a podcast recently. I maybe betrayed your trust by quoting you from a behind closed doors event about Todd Camwell's dress sense and. Uh, Apparently, he went back and he wasn't best pleased. Yeah, no. So he said, I got a text that night saying, uh, I think it was something like, just done a podcast 
why did you say my club is rubbish? And I said, I don't think I said that. I've been misquoted. And then he said, you said my clubber is like I've done a cartwheel through lost property, something like that. And I said, yeah, I did say that. That is, my, that is very much my quote. So, but he does. And I don't know why he's offended by that because he, his, his, his outfits are loud. So he, he wants that really. But as I say, we have grew really close and, I think he felt like I'd um, I'd hammered him to you lot, but as I did say, it was a bit of a joke. So he's uh, he's warm to me again now. But listen, it is hundred percent his outfits deserve a bit of stick. But but that's what Todd is. He, he's a bit of an enigma. Um, but he's the loveliest, loveliest boy. He's got a heart of gold. He's got great morals and principles. Uh, never met his mum and dad, but they've brought him up extremely well, and uh, they should be really, really proud because he's a. I know he's listen. He's the. I think they call him what is it? The king of Deerham. Is that right? Echo. <laughs> oh, right. There we go. So, but listen, Norwich as a as a whole should be extremely proud because he, he's he's a he's a wonderful, wonderful lad. I think I remember him saying as well that when you first joined, character wise, you didn't think that you and Todd Campbell would be the the type that gel, but actually, you really have. Yeah. So, so what you what you see and the, the the impression you get of someone isn't always a fair reflection of the character. Todd is obviously very social media driven. So, so from an outsider's perspective, I've seen Norwich getting relegated and seen Todd dancing like a snake. So on, on Instagram or TikTok or something, I'm a bit out of the game with social media now. So <laughs> I do them a little bit, but I'm nowhere near as good as these. So my question to that, which I brought up recently with him, I said, what are you doing? But this is the way of the world now, so I'm, I'm basically becoming a bit of a dinosaur like that. But as an outsider, my thought process was, well, why isn't he just knocking that on the head and thinking about the football? Like, I wouldn't dare post something like that. But that is him, and that will, that is what makes him special. And he is, you know, he, he is a happy-go-lucky person. That is, that's no, it's no show what you see on TikTok and Instagram with him. It's, that is him as a character. Every day he's smiling, he's laughing, he's got so much energy. Um, and he's a joy to be around and as I say yeah I'll give him a bit of stick for some of what he does but I, you know I wouldn't change him for the world he's, he's, he's the loveliest lad he's a good friend um, and I really enjoy playing with him it's, I'll tell you what's really interesting some of the stuff you've just said in the last few minutes you really remind me of Stuart Webber you're, you're saying Stuart Webber stuff when you said I heard him on the, the high performance podcast this week saying look I, I might not have been the most talented but I was determined to outwork everyone and, and you say that, and then you sort of talk about Todd and, and obviously making the jokes about social media and stuff like that. But is Stuart someone you, you sort of relate to? Do, do you feel like you're quite similar characters? Yeah, I know. Listen, I know Stuart started right from the bottom. So when, when someone's done that, you know, he hasn't been gifted anything. He's worked his way from literally there to there. You, you have to respect what he's achieved. And he's not worked his way to there to there and, and is now at the top. But clinging on he he's at the top but he's unbelievable and he will go to the highest level in his role i, I really i really believe that um his, his attention to detail when someone works as hard as that i, I don't think you, you can fail and I, I hope it doesn't because he deserves all he gets because not only is he very good at what he does but he's honest and he's a good person and as a player coming into a club what or anyone at a club, in, in any whether you're a member of the kitchen staff or a manager or a player like me, what more do you want than a boss that is that is honest and, and puts everything into the environment and making sure things are done 100% right? 
leaving no stone unturned. So him and the manager, they're, they're very similar people, um, in my opinion. They're, they're both on the same page, and that's what's made us so successful. I, I can't speak highly enough of, of, of either of them. Yeah, I, I know you've come out and said that Daniel Farker is a dream to work with. What makes him such a dream? Again, I speak about honesty there with Stuart. The manager's, the manager's just really honest. If, if he has something to say to one player, he'll say it in front of the whole group in a meeting. And, you know, everyone knows exactly what's being said. Um, everyone knows why he said it. And it, it's, it's just so clear. And that, that's exactly what he is. He's just honest. And then, obviously, yeah, there's more detail to that. You know, the, the style of football he encourages us to play is, is the way everyone really wants to play. Um, the way he improves players, the way he encourages players to... For me, if... He encourages me to do what I'm what I'm good at or what he sees me as good at, you know, stepping in, basically taking chances as far as a, a centre-back goes. Um, and the minute I'm not doing that, he, he's saying, well, why, why didn't you get the ball for keep career? I, I want you to be more brave. I want you to get the ball there. I want you to step in, take that chance. Because when you hear that and you're getting that backing from the, from the manager, it, it's incredible. So to know that he believes in you to do that, to take the risk, to take the chance... Um, it just gives you so much confidence and he, he's done it every single day. Um, as I said, the, the pair of them, I can't speak to them hardly enough. And listen, that they both work so hard themselves, but and as a result of that, and rightly so, they demand so much from the lads. We work, we work harder than any team I've ever worked in. Um, that length of session, that intensity of session, that number of days we're in, we don't get many days off. Um, that's the, the staff and the training ground, the demands on them even for the, the, the kitchen staff and the kit men, it's, it's all the same. And then when everyone's buying into the same philosophy, the same culture, that's what creates achievement, like what, we, what we've had an experience this season. Do you think football has evolved as a whole in the way that it treats its players? Because you kind of think back, old, old school football, I'll call it, in the 90s, that's when I started enjoying football, show my age a bit, but, um, you know, it, it, managers, you thought they'd all be a bit ranty and ravey and, and, you know, make sure if someone makes a mistake, you let them know about it, you get on their case. Whereas it sounds like, certainly here, they try and build your confidence, guide you, and then, you know, and off the pitch, put an arm round. Is that something typical of uh, the wider game in football now, how it's evolved, or is that exclusive to Norwich? Um... I, listen, everyone has different ways of managing, man-managing. Um, I think the boss is really clever at working out what makes players tick and, and, you know, what might be right for me, which might be a kick up the bum, might not be right for you. You might need an arm around your shoulder. So it's probably establishing what, what each player or what the team needs. By the way, don't, don't take that for... Like, don't sort of get me wrong. The boss has got a hell of a hairdryer in him. If, he, if he's not happy... You know, the training ground knows, you know, you, you sort of avoid him in the corridors at certain times when you need to. So he's got the balance right. And that, that, I think that's why we've been successful. That's why players run the miles they do for him and um, want to impress him. That's every single day. It's not, oh, we've had 20 good games or we've been on a good run, so my position's comfortable. That, that's certainly not how it works here. And the minute you fall, slightly off where you need to be you'll, you'll know about it and if you don't pick that up you won't be in the team simple as so the demands the demands are massive there's been times here where at other clubs where your place is cemented because of like let's say a minor injury or a physical thing 
you, you might not even have to train that week and you'd still play on a Saturday because they'd say, just look after him, just look after him. That, that wouldn't be the case here. The manager expects you to train. The manager expects you to, to, to work your way into the team. And that's week on week on week. And rightly so. And that, that creates competition for places. That makes sure that the players are living the, the, right, the right life, the right way. Because the minute you fall off that, you're not going to be able to sustain that sort of workload. So he's, um, he's unbelievable at driving, driving what we do. Him and Stuart together, the work is a fantastic team. And um, as I said, me, me saying it's a, a joy to work for has been no exaggeration. With everything you've just said there, how much does that stand, you guys as a group, in good stead for what comes next season? Really good. Um, you're going to need that. You're going to need that tenfold. What one thing, one thing that is the bare minimum next season is hard work, dedication, fight until the end, particularly when it's not going our way. Because let's be honest, there's, there's going to be we're going to lose football matches next season. We're going to have times where it gets difficult, but we're going to have lots of good times as well. And and in those in those difficult times, that's the time you, you stick together and that's the time where the, the hard work really counts and, and gets you out of those. We've still had those this season. I think we got beat by Swansea. We, we hadn't won a game in three that week and it felt like we were 10 points clear and all of a sudden people were saying we're going to finish in the playoffs and Brentford were up and Swansea were going up. And we responded to that with, was it nine win? I think nine wins in a row or something like that. So that's that's the type of metal, that's the type of of mental strength and toughness we need as individuals and as a team. And that's created by what the manager is building day in, day out. What's the chat like between the lads about the Premier League, especially those who experienced it, uh, you know, not that long ago? Do you think that the players who experienced that relegation have been able to shed the scar tissue of that experience and believe that they'll belong when we get back there next season? Yeah, I think I think they'd shed that. The first month of the season, if I'm being honest, I think we still carried it. I'd probably say then, then we won every game 2-1, but we were sort of stumbling over the line without really hitting our stride. I'd probably say two or three months into this season is when it got shed. And I think everyone realizes it's a different team now to when, to when yeah, the, a lot of the players remain, but we're a lot sort of more solid, um, more structured, possibly, um, probably a little bit less naive. But the club then, you know, you had a, bled a lot of young players, didn't really expect to go up. So it, it's a different scenario. I think everyone realizes two years on, the players that were already here have developed. You know, Max and Todd will have probably gone to another level and. The demand on them is bigger um, rather than young lads doing well. They're now expected to do really well. Um, arguably two of the best players in the league. Emmy, for me, the best player in the league, he delivered again. So, Timu, you know, I think the way he finished, there was probably question marks about him. Unbelievable yet again. So, you've seen how the lads have responded and I think that's well shared. And for me, you know, the lads can't wait now. Um, for me, we'll stay up. And if you don't believe that, there's no point in even going into the league because you're out before you've even got there. So for me, we'll stay up. And I'm sure you ask any of them in there, they'll say the same. And I've got no problem saying that because anyone believes otherwise, you're best off not coming along for the ride, to be quite honest. Mm. And I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but defensively, we've looked really solid this season compared to, say, last season. And even the season before when we were promoted as champions, you must take a lot of pride from that. Yeah, that's obviously what me, Grant, Tim pride ourselves on. Uh, Mickey, Zimbo, you know, we're, 
whoever's played Andrew now, um, defenders, that's what we pride ourselves on. Um, it, it's something that obviously needed addressing. Uh, the club recognised that. And that, that, when I say that, that doesn't just come from a back four. So we can't sit here and go, oh, yeah, we're wonderful. You know, you, we, we kept X amount of clean sheets this year. We're, we're great. It comes from the team. Look look at what our our forward players do to make our lives easier. And, you know, maybe what's a bit different, there's a few, maybe with me and Grant or, or Zimbo, other players, there's a couple of more older heads that were Kenny as well that can sort of say, you get in here, you tuck in, you know, squeeze up, drop off. Maybe there's a little more of that, but the workload the boys in front of us put in, um, you know, Skippy, Kenny, Todd, Emmy wins the ball back so many times per game. Team are the same. It's a team effort, that. So, the, the, whilst the defence will get the praise, as the strikers will when they score the goals, it, it, is, it, it isn't only will ever be um, a result of how a team defends. So, we, we've just got to make sure that we keep demanding them to do the same. Uh, and I'm sure they will because, you know, the, the work ethic's fantastic. They've set the standard now. And why can't we maintain that next year? You know, you look at, you look at what Leeds have done. They've been phenomenal. Well, they've played exactly the same way. They've, they've made their mark on, on the Premier League, and um, that's what we intend to do next season. Hmm. And, and Andrew, as you mentioned there, he's slotted in, you know, towards the tail end of the season. Uh, you know, he's done fantastically well. We, we don't know him that well yet. What, what's he like as a lad? And uh, what sort of level of support did you guys provide to him when he was first coming into that that slot? Yeah, well, I'm going to be honest. He doesn't. He doesn't need a lot. So. Um, in terms of support, he, he is he's just one of them guys. Some players take everything in the stride and are just so unassuming, I guess. Um, and the world could be ending tomorrow and they wouldn't bat an eyelid. And me, on the other hand, I would have been, right, tomorrow's the biggest day of my life. Do you know what I mean? I've worked my whole life for this. Get myself nervous in the hotel room doing press-ups when I was his age, probably, didn't I? And, and everyone's different, but Andrew... Unbelievable. I think he's looked like a Rolls Royce. He's got a lot to learn. He's obviously young, but my God, he's. Um, you look at him physically, I think of where I was at his age, I'd have been built stick thin compared to how, how he is. Um, and I think he's done He's done absolutely fantastic. He's took it in his stride. Um, and it's, it's brilliant to see. I'm absolutely delighted for him. He's a great lad, lovely lad. Um, and I have no doubt he'll develop into a top talent. But as we spoke about the others earlier, still got a lot of work to do. I, you never stop learning. I look at myself, I think I've still got a lot of work to do. So um, he's going to be great to have round and I have no doubt he's got, a, he's got a fantastic future in front of him. How exciting a time is it right now to be playing in this Norwich side? Yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's been unbelievable. So the way we play, the players that we have, you, you know that you have players that can turn a game um, in a heartbeat. Um, I've loved having the, the boys around me that, that I've played with probably most often with Grand, but even if it's been with Zimbo, but you know, Skippy and, and Kenny and Large in front of us. Um I've just I've just loved it. We we you know, we we play in a real enjoyable way of football. And when I got promoted with Middlesbrough, to tell you the truth, it, the way we played every game was a grind. So we're very defensive, every game was an effort. It was like here we go again, we need to win tonight. I remember like as it was getting towards the end and my last couple of games when I eventually got injured, it wasn't we were going into the games, I wasn't thinking, God, I hope we win tonight. I was thinking, can't wait to get out there, pass the ball around with these lads and we'll win the game. And I, I was often saying to the boys in the dressing room, 
enjoy the game and we'll win the game. And that is so true with this team because when we enjoy it and the lads run for each other and they've got the they've got that buzz, they run and they play and you know they, they play the one twos and the, the fancy flicks around the corner when they're enjoying it. They've literally been unstoppable this season. And the games where I look at the Swansea away game because I think it was the third game in a week, as I said earlier, we hadn't won that week. We we almost took it too seriously. So I looked around the dressing room there and I thought, lads, we're up for this, we're gonna win this. You know, everyone was intense. And actually, I think it worked against us. I think we lost the game before we got there. And that was it's a pat on the back, it, it's a it's a compliment away because it's it's desperation to do so well. But after that, I thought, do you know what? When these lads just enjoy it, we're we're just a different level completely. And that that is what it has been. And then following that, we went back to that. And to be honest, as I say, then by the odd, very minor hiccup, we've been pretty pretty much unstoppable. You can see just how much you've you've all enjoyed this season. And I just want to end with your thoughts on what Norwich means to you as a whole. I mean, you've summed it up quite well already on how much you love the club, but what does it mean to you? Um, I think I'll be eternally grateful. Um, it, it's, it's a place that's given me an opportunity to get my, as I said earlier, my career is my life. So I'm not exaggerating when I say to get my life back on track in a way, because... I wasn't happy. My last two years, I wasn't happy. And you play, I dreamt of being a footballer to be happy. Uh, you know, that's all that matters in life is, is happiness at the end of the day. Um, and I wasn't happy. And, and now I am. I'm myself again. Uh, I love coming to work every day. I love any time off I, I, I get to, to explore the city. We're so at home. Um, it's just a real good place to be. And as I say, I'll be eternally grateful for for believing in me when others didn't and giving me this opportunity. Um, I hope I can repay that and, and reward that faith. And as I say, in, in a time where for most of this year I haven't been able to see my family, I, I, I found a new one. And that's that doesn't mean I replaced my family. I'm not that kind of guy. But what I mean is that I've got I've got two families now and I've got my own family and I've got my Norwich family. And um, as I said, a group, so eternally grateful to the club and, and grateful to the to everyone who's in the building really, because I've just loved every minute and that's that's probably no exaggeration to say that. That is so good to hear and thank you for everything you've done for us this season it's been so good to see how you you know your form for us it's been absolutely brilliant enjoy the rest of the season and the celebrations as they continue and all the best for next season as well thank you Ben. Brilliant thanks guys. Thanks Ben you've been a star we really appreciate having you at the club. Oh cheers really appreciate it thank you. Well, Dan, I don't know about you, but for me, the best part of that was him having two families, obviously his family, and then Norwich as his second was just so good to hear, wasn't it? Yeah, it's really nice. Like, obviously, the club took a huge interest in in signing Ben and made him feel welcome, but he he doesn't have to care about that, and he does. And and he wants to give back, and as you said, he feels so at home here. And as a Norwich City supporter, it's just amazing because... These are the guys that get to pull on the shirt that we all wanted to as kids. And, and the fact that it matters so much, thats it's amazing to hear. Yeah, and I loved hearing also about how he's helping to bring our younger players through as well. He cares about the future of the club, doesn't he, as well, which is, is really, really good to hear. And if you enjoyed that podcast, make sure you subscribe if you want more like that. We're on Spotify, Apple and YouTube. Just search All In Yellow. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.